Now you the cut in my shot. For your sake, I go go touch you. Yeah. We go drive around before my Porsche. Baby, Pana. They say he like you all. I, I cut you all. Baby, Pana. Anywhere that you go, I can follow you to go. Baby, Pana. They say he like cassava. I get to pick cassava. Baby, Pana. My love for you. You never die, you never die. Oh baby, bye bye. Baby, you too sweet, Fajaba. Oh baby, dance to Lagwaja. Make a take you to Fabalata. Oh baby, bye bye. Baby, you too sweet, Fajaba. Oh baby, dance to Lagwaja. Make a take you to Fabalata. So love is a beautiful thing. Can you the cool my temper? Love is a wonderful tender feeling. Welcome to the show. 
Joining us today is uh, Ambassador Adrian Bowlen. He's uh, a diplomat, an author, and he currently serves as chairperson for land in the United Party for National Development, the UPND, which is the largest opposition party. And he's joining us from Lusaka, I believe. Uh, Ambassador Bowling, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Excellent, excellent. Uh, let, let me begin by asking this question, because uh, a number of people are asking me to say, uh, what does the position of chairperson for land in a political party entail? Yeah, the position of uh, chairman in any political party is that of uh, uh, heading a specialized committee. Okay. Uh, let's say on education, mm -hmm. agriculture, healthy, rural development, creation of jobs, etc., etc. We have to formulate the policies in, this, in these fields of professional competence so that uh, when we come into power, we should try to uh, implement what we think would be ideal for our country, Zambia. Mm. Excellent. I, I uh, like these that. Committees, the committees comprise about 15 to 20 members and headed by the chairman. Mm -hmm. presides over the committee meetings and also provides direction of purpose mm -hmm. uh, of a particular committee. Okay, okay. So the terms of reference of which committee are interior to formulate and articulate policies of their respective political parties. Issuing of, uh, issuing of press statements mm -hmm. on matters to do with the land in the country, mm -hmm. uh, such as displacement of citizens from uh, uh, certain areas that are designated uh, by government. Okay. Also to advise the party president and the party at large on the land issues in the country. So mm -hmm. basically, is the principal spokesman to do with the land the management and administration Excellent. from the opposition perspective. Uh -huh. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the big question here is land is a very is not a simple subject and a, a simple matter like others may may want to make it appear. Help us understand, Ambassador, how is land categorized in our Zambian laws? What are the how is land categorized? In, in, uh, I hope I'm using the right language there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and th so therefore, land policy mm -hmm. from opposition perspective is a document of intent. What is it that we are going to do differently from what those that are in power now are doing okay. in order to exceed our objectives? In other words, is a, is a clear statement of what the party will do differently from what the current party in power could be doing. Mm. on long-term basis. Uh, this is in terms of general management and the administration of land in the country. Okay. So this is a, uh, an extension of what I said earlier on regarding the terms of reference of any chairman of a specialized committee in the party. All right. So 
Yeah, therefore, the land policy of UPND, which is the main of su subject of discussion on this radio program, is a broader concept, which cannot be defined by merely raising a few isolated and specific questions of inquiry on each only the land dispensation in our country, Zambia. After analyzing, however, the questions that were formulated for the purpose of this radio program by the organizers, they cannot constitute the overall land policy of UPND, all right, as a party, by merely answering the questions that have been raised. So what I'm going to do myself, I will therefore provide a synopsis of what the UPND land policy entails in broader terms. In the process, some specific questions that have been indicated to me will be addressed or they will be covered unless otherwise. So this is the approach that I'm going to make. I intend giving you a synopsis of the land policy as uh, formulated by our partner, UPND. Okay. I'm sure you agree with the same. The following is therefore the presentation of the synopsis of UPND on land policy. Uh, first and foremost, as a preamble, we as a major opposition party in the country, which is awaiting to form government come 2021 or area, we are mindful of the importance of land in the human existence, without which there would be no human race. So our existence as human beings is anchored only the availability of land. It is the most important asset and gift of nature to mankind. It constitutes the beacon of human existence. The wealth of any, any kind is generated from land. The rivers, the minerals, and the growing of any kind of food is done on land. As a result, the upheavals in the history of mankind is about land. Even what is happening in the, in the Middle East, whatever, something to that borders on land. So it has been responsible for upheavals in the history of mankind. Land must therefore be guarded jealously all the time. As a political party and citizens of this country have no kind words with those who try to mess up our motherland. Uh, we therefore do not want to end up like Red Indians in the USA and Aborigines in Australia who are more or less slaves in their own countries of their ancestors. So this is the preamble that I've provided, how we, how we view land as UPND. So after having done so, I want to provide an overview of land policy system in historical perspective. The overview of land policy system in Zambia, that is the, 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 the subtopic. The land policy during the colonial era 
was divided into two categories and are as follows. We used to have what used to be known as the crown land, which was representing the monarchy in England and constituted 6% of the entire land in northern Odisha, now Zambia. This part, of, this part of the country was designated, this part of the country was designated for the settlers, uh, for white settlements, business organization, etc. This land was along the line of railroad and adjacent areas from Livingston to the Copper Belt because of the mining potential in that part of the country. The crown land was later ch changed to state land by the UNIP government. When we attained independence, it could not remain a, a crown land. It was a, a, given a different name, that of a, a state land, a state land. It became a land that belongs to the state. The other bulk of land, which constituted 94%, was called trusty and reserve land. Tea and reserve land. It was left for the indigenous people to occupy. The white settlers were not allowed to settle or to do business in that land. This was the existing reality on the ground at the time. And then three. When the MMD government, the government of multi-party democracy, came into power in 1991, the Land Act was changed. The trust land and the reserve land were consolidated into one customary land. The state land, uh, trust land and the reserve land were consolidated into one customary land which was subject to the principle of the market forces. In other words, the new government had added value to it. It could be sold and ultimately converted into freehold tenure, the, the, the customary land. The consequence of this development is that it precipitated the acquisition of land by the developers in the customary area through the traditional rulers themselves and their subjects. Because they could go to the traditional chief or individual citizens in a particular chiefdom to negotiate to, negotiate to buy land. So this is what was the consequence of turning that land into a customary that could be bought, a customary land. Yeah. Mm. And then furthermore, the executive arm of government under the provision of the Land Act, which gives power to the head of state to allocate land to any developer, even without consultation with the affected people in a particular locality and the traditional rulers. There are times when the head of state has allocated the land sometimes to the developers, as long as he is convinced beyond any reasonable doubt that those people are there for, for genuine uh, development of our country. So consequently, it has caused a lot of suffering among the displaced people in certain parts of the country. 
the protection that the colonial government had put in place has been abrogated because the vulnerable people are the poor, the poor ones that mm. cannot withstand the trend. So please, you get hold of the, the policy, land policy change by the, by the MMD government. Okay. And then to this end, therefore, it is a wish of the European government to put this to a stop forthwith as much as possible. Because at the end of the day, we're not going to be left with any land to be proud of as Zambians. Because there are people with a lot of money that come around and buy that land, and ultimately they are given 90, 99 years lease, which is very, very dangerous. Before you continue, so, Ambassador, Ambassador, so you are yes. saying uh, the UPND's policy in government is to stop that practice of uh, state house issuing land to foreign or people with a lot of money. That's what Putin, simple terms. Is that what you're saying? In a, in a, yeah, more or less that, but what we are saying, mm -hmm. because the head of state is the custodian of the Zambian land. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody is going to administer that provision in the interest of the nation, in the net interest of the people of Zambia. They may overstep in their powers to give more land to the developers, probably without even considering the... The, 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 the people of Zambia, and, the, and, and then ultimately we'll be left with no land at all. Mm. We may have to review that provision, all right, okay. to okay. make sure that the president doesn't abuse his, his position. Okay, right. understood. Yes, please continue. Mm. Well, well, well that's the there, before the ambassador yeah. continues. The ambassador, I want to ask mm. a question there. Uh, Allowing power mm. to be in one individual in Lusaka, don't you think this is a major problem? Why don't we allow land to be managed by the provinces? Yeah, it's one of the possibilities that we may take into consideration mm -hmm. as UPND, as far as this provision is concerned. That money, the president, is the custodian. Mm -hmm. of the, all the land in Zambia. All right. But you notice there is no guarantee that he probably would not abuse his powers. All right. In, in the way he administers it, or he takes care of that provision. But he's the, he is the one that who takes care of the land in this country. I remember there was a time when a private company bought land in the central province. I think a big chunk of land. Mm. The president Monawasa prevailed upon that person to reduce the land that he, he had bought because the, 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 the potential developer has deprived the, 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 the common man of the land that they were supposed to make use of. I remember in, somewhere in Lusaka, our, our, one of our members of parliament had bought a very big chunk of land. <laughs> and again, Monawasa prevailed upon him to say you can't have all this land to yourself. Mm. So those are the benefits that we expect from a head of state, to intervene in issues that tend to be very extreme, mm. as far as land is concerned. That so makes sense. I, is that, that the point you are making that uh, I think the provincial committee, whatever, we're going to look into all those in it grids to see which one would be appropriate. All right. 
But the dichotomy that we have now is that uh, even the chiefs, the traditional rulers, who are supposed to protect our land, are in the forefront of selling land to the developers or to the pre predominantly to the Chinese people. So this is the problem that we're having. But we'll try to address that when we come. Even now, we're going to put in place some policy uh, element to ensure that uh, we, the, the, the head of state does not uh, abuse it is authority over land in the country. Okay. That, that, that's understandable. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, if not, yeah. So, uh, therefore, if all the land was taken over, uh, uh, if all the land was taken over by those greedy people, that would be left for our future generation to occupy mm. or claim as land that was left by their ancestors, then it becomes a problem. Pathetic, and the UPND government cannot tolerate any UPND government cannot tolerate uh, this sort of thing, where land is taken over by the foreigners. Because it's now that a bottomless pit. They can go to the chiefs, they can go even to individual citizens, and negotiate for the purchase of land. As long as the traditional ruler uh, endorses that. So it's, it's because it's, the current policy is polar, you know. It doesn't work in the interest of the people of Zambia. So uh, after having said that, I will mm -hmm. move on to the summary of the challenges of land policy and the management in Zambia and the proposed panacea by the UPND in government. Okay. Uh, yes. One. The Convention of Customary Land to Freehold, that's the first problem that we've identified. The process of converting the customary land into freehold tenure leads to alienation of inheritable land by the indigenous people on a larger scale. The UPND government shall ensure that any development takes place, place takes place, takes into account uh, of the people by strict adhering to the Land Act, which protects the interests of the indigenous people that occupy the customary land. It's very, very important because at the end of the day, if we are not very careful, we'll be left no land, you know, as a, as a, as a country, especially the rate at which the Chinese are buying land from, from, from the traditional rulers. And then two, the policy regime and the guidelines for traditional leaders in the land administration. Uh, the absence of clear guidelines, uh, systems, policies, and procedures mm. to be used and followed, followed, and followed by the traditional rulers in the land management in their respective chiefdoms is quite inherent, and even during the colonial days it was. I think the policies were not well defined for the tra traditional rulers to adhere to as far as land was concerned. The chiefdoms shall be encouraged to manage land through recognized villages and chiefs' committees. This shall promote good governance through decentralized and transparent land administration system in order to promote security of tenure for the customary land by introducing record or land records 
to define the rights of the occupants. And then number three, land disputes among the chiefdoms. This is an ongoing problem, to the best of mm. our knowledge. You know, where chiefdoms, you know, they are in perpetual disputes among themselves. All right. Even the headmen have remained unresolved. These, these disputes have remained unresolved to date. The UPND government shall encourage chiefdoms to have a physical geographical beacon of their land and to manage the land through recognized village and chiefs uh, committees in the respect, respective areas. And then at, uh, allocation of customary land to investors. It's so rampant this time, this time around, and I've already mentioned, alluded to this, and that the head of state also participates in the allocating of land to the developers. All right. Sometimes he, he may not even consult the, 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 the local people or the traditional rulers about the land that is being allocated to the developer. Mm. We feel this is very unfair to our people. This, because the developers have been given even 99 years of lease to that land, which means that they can stay there for as many generations as possible to the disadvantage of the indigenous people. An investor, private company, cooperative, and charitable organization are eligible for this. This trend has led to mass displacement of the indigenous people in some parts of the country. So the UPND government, the UPND government shall put the interests of the local people or settlers first above any other vested interest in line with the Land Act and in order to avert the displacement of our people in our customary land. Because customary land is very important. It's customary land that is supposed to be passed on from one generation to the other. So if somebody who comes in the middle and then gets the land, it disrupts, mm. uh, it disrupts that chain of, of progression where somebody has got to hand over power, uh, land to his, uh, to his future generation. And then in land auditing, to the best of our knowledge, land auditing has never been done in Zambia. Uh, we don't know how much, how, much, how much land we have in the country, but we feel strongly that we need the detailed information on the land availability in our country. That is auditing. We must find out how much land we have. And then the lack of national land policy. I think you must have read about two years ago, the government came up with a draft land policy, which was so unpopular. The traditional rulers did not subscribe to it because it was meant to deprive them of the powers over their traditional land. All right. I don't know what's, we don't know what's happening now. It may be that the government are still on it. They were just surprised that we've come, with, we've come up with that uh, national land policy. What, what was in that land policy? Maybe you can inform us and our listeners what, what that land policy was about. Yeah, despite having, okay, let me go through it again. Despite mm -hmm. having appointed the land policy technical committee, which carried out research and baseline studies, 
or land administrative systems and the draft. The, anyway, the cardinal point in the in the national draft land national policy was that the chiefs would play an important would not play an important role mm. in determining how land was going to be used. That is the most cardinal uh, aspect of that of that land policy. So much that it became very unpopular. Even chiefs boycotted and what have you. How can you deprive us of the land that we have been administering all along? All right. Mm-hmm. And this land is ours. We are the custodians of land. How can you not, how can you marginalize it? It may be that the current government wanted to dispose of most of this land without being hindered by the traditional rulers. They wanted to have a free hand to go about uh, depriving traditional rulers of their land. But mm-hmm. the main point was that, the main thrust was that they wanted the, the, the traditional rulers to have nothing to do with the land dispensation in this country, which they objected to. All right. But if there will be need sometime in the future, we can make copies available of the draft version of the land policy that was hatched by the current government of the PF. Please, would like a copy of that. I can share my email with you, and then you can send that to me, and I'll yeah, share it. I will send that, that one, yes. Mm-hmm. And then the other issue, the other issue is land grabbing. I think <laughs> you may be very familiar with it. Land grabbing, uh, uh, lack of cons- uh, exhaustive consultations by political cadres. All right. Political governors, if they find any vacant land, vacant land, mm-hmm. they grab it sometimes without even consulting or finding out who the owner is. This has been going on for quite some time. And then to the best of my knowledge, even during the days of uh, UNIP, the, the chairman, we used to, to share land amongst themselves and what have you. Sometimes even the land that was just vacant, mm. and then there was nobody who was claiming it. So that uh, process has continued to date, but even, even more pronounced this time around. Because they can okay. go to somebody's land, if they find land is not being utilized, they grab it, they share it amongst themselves. Wow. Mm. Uh, yeah, so let's see. So the UPN government amended the land of, uh, of 1991 and undertook proper land surveys and placed beacons uh, to uh, secure sure way of boundary recognition by all the, uh, the, the countries concerned. So, and then the other one is on the land, land tenure and administration. There are currently administrative hiccups regarding a customary land, lease, hold, tenure. The hiccups have something to do with the land allocation, mm-hmm. land uh, registration, land information, Etc. Etc. So we want to see these things to be done properly, to be in place as UPND. We don't want to have problems as a party in power. And then, almost finally, to sum up, therefore, the overall land policy of UPND, 
to consolidate the position of the traditional rulers. We don't want to marginalize them like the way PF was trying to do in the management and administration of their land. They are the custodians of our land and the collaborators with the central government, even during the colonial days. They should be recognized. Why should we not recognize them this time around when the land belongs to them and were tolerated by the colonial government? The UPND as a political party pledges to stand for the mm -hmm. traditional rulers as partners in the land governance in our country, Zambia. This is unlike the current contentious, contentious draft national land policy of PF government, which has been totally rejected by all the traditional rulers countrywide because it marginalizes the royal highnesses completely in the overall, in the overall land management and administration. Finally, the PF, the UPND in power will establish a high-powered land truthful commission if we are we're going to be in power, whose major theme of reference will be to specifically deal with how land has been handled under the PF government. Any irregularities will be dealt with fairly and accordingly with all the seriousness at the government's disposal with a view to restore order in the general management of land in our country. We have, I don't know whether I've highlighted the Chinese, I've gone on a rampage hmm. to grab to buy land from, from Zambians and also government allowing Chinese to get land from us the trend is very, very dangerous. If you are not very careful, at the end of the day, we'll be left with no land to talk about. That's true. So, but it will be a priority by our, by our government, by our UPND government, to put this to a stop. And we are going to rationalize land allocation in this country, or even land ownership. We want to make sure that land belongs to the indigenous people as much as possible. All right, the indigenous people. We use the land as a collateral to go jointly into business ventures with the foreigners, with foreign investors. Mm -hmm. Not otherwise. We're not going to allow that sort of thing. Because we understand the land is very important. Just as I've highlighted in the preamble, without land, as a people, you are finished. You are slaves in your own land. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So this is all that I can talk about, too, the land policy. Now... We can go to uh, to those points that you raised. I've, I've forgotten another another point. No, ambassador, land... ambassador, right, right there. Let, let's let's do this. We don't need to keep to the script of the questions that I sent you. What we are going to do is, you have ably tabulated UPND's position on certain things and also informed us very well on the land issues yeah. and position. Uh, we want to let everybody listening, those that have called in, those that are listening online, whichever part of the world you are listening to, our guest today is Ambassador Adrian Bowleni. He is the UPND chairperson for land uh, in the largest opposition party. 
please note that this program is sponsored by UPND USA. Zander Block Talk Radio is an open forum for anybody, any political party. If you wish to bring on your political leaders here, it's an open forum. You just need to sponsor and pay for the program like UPND USA have done. Ambassador, let me raise two, three questions from the points that you have shared with us, and probably I'll allow my colleagues who have called in also to ask their questions based on what you have discussed. Those that have called in, if you wish to ask a question, please press 1 on your phone keypad so that I know that you would like to ask a question. Let me take you back, Ambassador, to the issue. Let me raise this issue for, on issues of investors, developers, wanting to get land in the country of Zambia. Um, mining in the Zambezi, let's start from there. That was a controversial easy. What, does, what is the normal procedure to deal with a situation like that? Because that's a game reserve, designated as a game reserve. Now you want to start mining in that area. What is supposed to happen according to the law? Yeah, the, according to the law, just as I have area alluded to, mm-hmm. you know, even the presidency may have the powers to allocate that land to okay. developers. Yeah, it's a possibility. All right. But uh, that place is gathered, is a, is a game reserve. The game reserve is a place where we would like to preserve our, uh, our game, you know, to preserve our game and use it as a tourist attraction yes in the process so is it was very unfortunate although that issue has not yet been resolved it is still in the courts of law there are views that are coming from the traditional rulers some um, traditional rulers who think that if he, uh, that company the australian company or right, mm-hmm. metal company you know begins operating in that area it's going to generate employment opportunities for their people. That's the contention. But the other side of the coin is saying that place is, is a game reserve area. We want to preserve our, uh, our game, mm. our natural resources by way of animals, and let us transform the place into a, a, a tourist destination. So this is what is going on at the moment. But again, if the, 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 there's the issue of the Environmental Council of Zambia. Mm. All right, the Environmental Council of Zambia has, has got to have a say, all right, on that land vis-a-vis the original purpose that it was, was intended for. All right, they've got to come up with uh, an opinion on the same. Mm. But just as I said earlier on, this issue is still in the courts of law, although some traditional rulers are advocating for for that company to go ahead okay. as much as possible in anticipation of uh, securing land for, the, for uh, employment opportunities for their people. Okay. So this is the current position about that place. It's mm-hmm. a gazetted place as a game reserve. It's supposed yeah. to be a tourist place, yes. All right, okay. In the little time we are remaining with, let me take a few questions from our colleagues. Let's go to Dallas. Uh, Mr. Willis Musonda is the chairperson for UPND USA. Mr. please go ahead. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor. 
Welcome, Ambassador Chairman Baoleni, to the radio program. We are so thankful you are here with us today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You are welcome here. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, two questions I had. Uh, one is, uh, what is the requirement of a foreign national? Uh, let's take, for example, Chinese to buy land in Zambia. What do they have to do to, to qualify to buy land? Uh, secondly, how long uh, is the lease? Uh, thank you. How long is, how long is the lease? Uh, for a foreigner to buy land in this country, I can't say precisely that it would take such a, a such a period of time. But the Chinese are able to, anybody is able to buy land now, which mm-hmm. is, has become very unfortunate. And they are, they, are, they are entitled to title deeds for 99 years, which is not supposed to be the case. Because that's buying land for good, you know, mm-hmm. instead of being given a specific, specific period of time to own land. And thereafter, probably they should do, uh, hand over that land to the government for uh, other uses. But uh, what is going on now, because I'm not in government at the moment yet, what's government, what's going on now with favorable economic relations we have with China, the Chinese have literally gone on a rampage. They can negotiate for land even with a a traditional ruler Mm -hmm. or an ordinary person out of desperation for money. They buy that land easily, and they're given t- titles for 99 years, which is very, very unfortunate. Because mm-hmm. in other countries, land is supposed to be preserved for the indigenous people. That's true. Right. The indigenous people, the indigenous people must own land, and because we have no capital to start any business or any project, you go into partnership with the foreigners, all right? With our own people being participants, with our own people being participants in that particular land. As far as the, how long does it take to get the lease? Unless if I did the research, I went to the Minister of Land, the Commission of Land, to find out, and then be able to establish how long it takes. But to the best of my knowledge, it doesn't take long because mm-hmm. they've got the, uh, the pull strings here and there, you know. Okay. They don't. They, they, it doesn't take long to to, to get to their, their lease. Oh. Okay. Or their leases. So this is a problem. Uh, I don't know for the Chinese. Is the, the people that are buying land from Zambia mainly are Chinese, because they have no land. But when they find vacant portions of land here, you know they get to go crazy. You know, because in their own country it's not the case. No, it's not. It's only in Africa or yeah. in Zambia where that happens. Yeah, mainly yeah, Zambia, mainly Africa. You can imagine even now we are not we are not going to stop them from coming to to Zambia despite this coronavirus and what have you. Mm-hmm. We are saying if we do that, it's going to be xenophobia, blah blah blah. That's what the minister of health said the other day. At the expense of the citizens, phobia at the expense of citizens. I'm trying to get the minister of health to come. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to see if we can talk to the minister of health. 
Ambassador, let's take another question from Pennsylvania. Dr. Mutaji, please go ahead. Uh, I want us oh. to, to engage as many people as we can before we run out of time. No problem, no problem, yeah. Yeah, uh, thank you, Ambassador Bowlen. Uh, I have just one simple thank question. Thank you, Doctor. Yes, uh, there is a lot of corruption uh, in acquisition of uh, title deeds at the Ministry of Lands. Uh, yes. Even the office orderlies, they get paid for just for them to get your your papers, your forms to to the person who is Brian, going to, yeah. to sign them. But the people who actually get yes. the big money to sign certain signatures which are required for you to get a title deed, how can this corruption be kept under your government if the UPND win the election? Yes, that's a very important question, Doctor. Uh, we as UPND, I know the whole system that is existing down now is rotten. All right. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's really incumbent upon the will of our party to put things right. And that now I would not commit myself to say uh, uh, we should start from this point to this point, that point. But uh, we have to do something. The, the rot that is the currently obtaining. Because even the selling of land to, to several people, one yes. portion of land being sold to so many people, that has become a cancerous problem. We have to do something about it because it borders on, uh, on the fact that the people that are given the task of handling these issues, very, they are not honest, all right? They want to, uh, to, to get cuts. Easily, here and there. We have yes. a problem. We have to work on the mindset of our people as much as possible. All right. This is something that has, come, has got to come from the government of the day. There must be a will to ensure mm. that these things don't. But you know, if the whole system is rotten, corruption is all over the day, from, uh, from heaven to earth, so <laughs> it becomes a very big problem. All right. Unless we have got the will that this country, this country's problem must come to an end. We must change the mindset of the people as much mm -hmm. as possible. But otherwise, it's difficult for me to give a categorical, uh, a financial way of going about it. I know, Ambassador. I like the heaven to earth expression. I think you were supposed to say from state house to the office order. <laughs> The last thing we want to hear is Ambassador be locked up after being in Zambia Block Talk Radio. So, uh, <laughs> this question that Dr. Monsanto has asked before I allow, I think this is Mr. Temo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Temo is already gone, yeah. Yes, yeah. you see, you thought one hour was too long. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, wanted, I wanted you to talk something about. Uh, Forest 20, 27. 27, yes, we get to that. Let, let's do this. I'm at 12. Let me ask, ask this question. Don't you think the duplication 
of selling land to multiplicity of people is related to a lack of land auditing over a period of years? Can you say, can you come on? I'm saying this issue of the land being, one piece of land being sold to numerous people, isn't that connected yeah. to a lack of land auditing? Yeah, uh, land auditing, uh, it hasn't been done conclusively to the best of my knowledge. We don't know how much land we have in this country. All right. No, that's this is very, very important. But, uh, but uh, what, what the other part of your question is? Uh, isn't it because of lack of land auditing? Isn't that a reason? I know it's corruption, but doesn't also that contribute? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it does because ultimately, if two or three people are claiming for the same portion of land, you know, the government f finds itself in an awkward position. All right, how mm. to go about it? So, naturally, it is there are people that are involved in such things. All right, so the only thing that they can do is either to dismiss them from employment or do something about it. But otherwise, it's a very dangerous trend because ultimately, one out of the people that they have paid money for the same uh, portion of land. You're mm -hmm. going to get ownership. All right. Yeah, that's good. Okay. We have 10 minutes remaining, Ambassador. Can you address the issue of Forest 27? Please let us inform our listeners what Forest 27 is, then explain the situation. Uh, forest, between, uh, forest, what? forest 27, mm -hmm. this place is a gazetted place. Right. When a place is gazetted, it means it cannot be used for any other purpose, you know, mm. probably human settlement or whatever. Right. Because the, the, gazetting for, the, gazetting, the gazetting of a place is for a purpose. That's true. Like in Forest 27, the, it provides the water charge point. It provides the water charge point for underground water. For Lusaka. Okay. Even Chong. Where is Forest 27 right. Ambassador? In the east of the immediate east of Lusaka. Okay. Beyond my name, my namesake compound, Bowling compound. <laughs> or adjacent to to State House. Okay, that's it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so this, the, the demarcation of this. They did it privately, the Commission of Lands did it privately, I'm told, and that the beneficiaries were the high chiefs in government, like the Speaker of the National Assembly, uh, Patrick Matibini, the Chief Justice, and many others. They are the ones that got land in that place. After it was gazetted, it was gazetted whereby nobody should go and settle in that place. But they had to do, to do away with the, the original concept. And then he uh, demarcated the plots which were allocated to people in government. Mm. All right. So this is the most, most unfortunate uh, because the, the place is ecologically very important because mm. it provides underground water. And then there are people that are. Uh, fighting for this, 
the current the currently okay. the, the former minister of uh, of natural resources land and natural resources uh, Harrington uh-huh. Harrington yes. and, the, and the Dr Chimambo they are they are they are the advocates so they are fighting very hard they wanted the the president to nullify whatever had transpired but the president was reluctant they approached the, the, the chief justice, who is the beneficiary of this mercy. She <laughs> recused herself and then said the deputy chief justice should handle the issue. So the chief justice, deputy chief justice could not appoint a commission of inquiry for mm. the same. And now they've taken it to the high court for judicial review. That's where the matter lies. But the, the construction uh, of houses in that area, it, to the best of my knowledge, is continuing. All right. Wow. With impunity, with impunity, which is very, very unfortunate. This is an unfortunate situation in which we find ourselves in this country. Mm, that is very disappointing. Yeah, but when we come to power, when we come to power, just as I've said, mm-hmm. we're not trying to threaten anybody. They want it to put things in. Come November 1. Come yeah. November 1. In their, <laughs> their proper perspective. <laughs> Not yeah. sure. But the elections are going to take place in August last week. No, remember it was saying come November 1. That's the joke I'm making. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, remember okay, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's the position. We don't know unless something extraordinary uh, comes up probably oh. if the election to be held sooner or later probably the story would be different but we want to correct whatever mistakes have been made ambassador as we wind up here I think everybody would like to hear I know a lot of people wanted to ask questions but we've run out of time we can always arrange for you to come back what is this no policy on diaspora and land uh, I wouldn't want to commit myself to anything definitely, mm-hmm. but uh, on the, on the land, I think uh, is a competitive phenomenon the acquisition of land in yeah. Zambia. All right, yeah, it's, uh, I would be deceiving people if I said we will come up with a special arrangement for people in the diaspora. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the process of advertising, uh, plots, whatever, anywhere in the country. Yes. We want to make sure that people that are in the diaspora uh, are informed about the same. They are told. There must be a mechanism that we can put in place for them to know what is going on. Because acquisition of land is a competitive process the way it is now. Right? Yes, it is. We have to fight for that. Yeah. I don't want to deceive you, you or anybody, but uh, it's important that uh, we put in place, uh, in collaboration with the people in the diaspora, about how we can make it easier for them to obtain it, to acquire land in Zambia. Hmm. Probably in Lusaka, people would want to get acquire land in Lusaka along the line of railway is slightly tighter there, except where they originate from. It would be easier. And we would encourage people in the diaspora to, hmm. to invest in, their, uh, in the areas, the original areas where they come from. Right? That's the only way we can bring about modernity. That's true. The country. Right. Quick yeah. question, Ambassador. 
Yeah, quick question. Would the UPND in government consider a tribunal or a commission to deal with issues of people whose land was grabbed illegally? Very quickly. Yeah, this is all what I said, the truthful, mm -hmm. the land truthful commission. That will be put in place. Ah. Whose mandate will it be to recommend to the government over the day how land was administered? And then from that point, we begin correcting the situation. Mm. I like the sound of that's that. That's what you did. Eh? That's a great Hello? position to take. That's a great position to take. It's very important. Yeah, it's very important. We must know how, what happened. All right. Who are responsible for the, the mess as far as life is concerned in our country? Mm. Because 20 or 10 years from now, if we're not very careful, the whole land will go to the foreigners. Yeah. The Chinese, the Chinese are bent on really getting as much land as possible. Yeah, that's true. Right. So yeah. we have to put a stop to that because our future generations are going to suffer. That's very true. We must be mindful of that. Ambassador, we thank you for taking the time. We shall be in touch. I can see that there's a lot to discuss on this matter. Thank you, sir. You are welcome. Uh, we are welcome, my brother. You are welcome. And yeah, we look, we, we, we look forward to uh, a further interaction with you. And I'm thankful to the UPM USA team as well for facilitating these discussions for us to understand what the policy of the UPND will be on key issues when they form government, presumably in 2021. Thank you, sir. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. The same to you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Excellent. All right, everybody. Sorry we couldn't take all the questions. It happens all the time. That was our show today. Ambassador Adrian Bowlen is calling us from Lusaka, Zambia, discussing land policy of the UPND. Uh, please remember to change your time tonight at midnight, those of us in the USA. Let's go back in and uh, join Roger on Open Forum. Remember, tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern Sunday, we have Zanus radio show going on. Thank you. Chifu kwa lelo, bantu bonse wa sowe sa ule mu.